What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and I'm stoked to welcome back a, a common person to everything we do here, someone that everyone is very familiar with, someone who I couldn't be more excited to welcome back to the seminar, Coach Molly Benetti. Molly, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Jay, I appreciate you, man. As a friend, uh, colleague, uh, or I appreciate you inviting me back on for another year and excited to be back, excited to chat with you and catch up and just appreciate everything that you're about and what you do for us. Yeah, you know, I think you know, we had a little technical glitch, my end, um, on the first attempt here, but we were getting into some pretty cool stuff, talking about this, the off season after, and it's kind of a unique situation that both of us obviously us at a different level um we're able to go through a bit the idea of continuing to build after getting a championship let's talk about that a little bit because i think that's something that people take a little bit for granted yeah it's really it really presents a whole new set of challenges that i don't think you really realize when when you win at that level and then you know i know we're in a little bit different situation you and I right now, because we have majority of our team back from last season and those that won a national championship. And it's a different feeling when you go into an off season and you have a chip on your shoulder because you fell short by missing a layup at the buzzer to send you to a national championship game that motivates you and, and drives you throughout an entire off season. And then you go through a almost Cinderella like season, capping it off, reaching every goal that you had set out for yourselves both both individually and as a team right and then you bring everybody back and then it's what's what now and so I think it really forces you to look at things through a different lens uh, it presents a whole new set of I don't even think physical uh, challenges but more mental and emotional challenges that you've got to navigate and then really trying to dig deep enough to uncover you know another layer of of performance and development and so it definitely has changed my approach, you know, especially with so many of our players that have a lot of miles on their body, you know, from a physical standpoint, but then also too, how do you get them to grow, uh, continue to grow as people and kind of uncover that next, next layer of growth for themselves. So it's been a challenge. I think it's been a challenge for not just me, but our entire coaching staff and just our team in general to take on new roles, uh, embrace those roles and, and, really get this team to gel together and uh you know when the expectation is is to win it again and you have all the all the tools to do that it's there's pressure but I don't think we feel that I think it's more so um just continuing to to raise the bar and, and meet the bar that we've set for ourselves and that is hard to do it's hard to do every single day yeah I think that that's a great way to say it, is continuing to try to reach the bar and then push the bar up even higher. You know, I think the line that I've used the most is I'm not the one that set the bar. Like this is y'all standard. Like what I'm asking you to do, this is y'all standard. I'm just telling you it ain't it. Like, are we going to get back to that? Are we going to be at that standard or are we going to have a bad day or a bad week or a bad month? Like, I didn't set it. I just, the only thing I said is the stool at the timeouts. Like that's the only thing I said. You guys set the standard. 
You set the effort standard, punctuality standard, what we do in here standard. Are we going to live up to that standard? Or are you going to now be complacent with what, I mean, no offense, but like with the six guys who left it, you know, I mean, it, it is a little different with us, right? Cause it's like, I think that there's some of these guys that want to, they want to taste what those guys tasted because those guys carried a, you know, the blunt of the workload. Um, so it would be different, but I think there are times where, you know, human nature, right? Just, just like water, we're trying to find the path of least resistance that they do become a bit complacent. And it's like, well, you know, well, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't do well, you know. <laughs> right. You know, I think it's interesting because we are, our team is pretty much kind of split in half of, we have seven seniors or super seniors and like those players have, are, I mean, they will leave our program next year as probably the most legendary class uh, in history of not just our program, but I think one of the best classes ever. And uh, they don't need, they don't, they haven't become complacent. At no point are they the ones that are complacent. I think it's, we've got a younger half of our team that is kind of, uh, they've helped contribute to our success, but they haven't felt the weight of the responsibility of our success. So it's getting that half of our team to understand what their habits are like and how they have to develop to now take take the uh, baton next year, especially, and be ready to step into what those players have left. And so I think it's the almost you got to apply some pressure um, because it's easy to kind of sit back and let those ones kind of have the success and carry our team because they do every day. And uh, um, it's it's interesting. You've got you've got a a wide range of, of development going on and it's going to leave a big hole for us next year. You know, like you said, you know, we're going to, they're going to be leaving an impact that's going to be uh, hard to replace, but it's how do we get those players to, again, uh, get way beyond their comfort zone right now and, and develop at a faster pace. So it's, it's presented an interesting challenge, but it's fun. That's the fun part. It's just a process. And I think it re reiterates the importance of just the consistency you know, every day and, and playing the long game and understanding that you've got to have patience with it. Yeah. And that's one thing I don't think I did very well. Um, if I'm going to look back in the last three to four years, I don't think I, I did that well enough playing the long game, especially with the guys that are the older guys now, because it was always could lean on G could lean on Jacob could lean on Nathan could lean on Nick. And it's like, I could do that for the last, I mean, shoot for two of them six years and now there's been times where I look around and I'm just like you know who do you lean on and I think that that as fun as this extra COVID year can make it having another year with some of these kids the kids at that point they're like 24 <laughs> um these young men and women um I think that what it did with me is it made me a little too reliant on them and it took me probably almost until like our second game to be like, yo, they're not coming here. Like they're not going to be here to fix the problems. Like you've got to figure out and, you know, knock wood, the rest of the crew has been pretty good with it. But um, yeah, I think that if I were to look back, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head is like playing the long game. Um, 
that's not what I was excelling in. I was I was playing the long game with those four dudes and the two walk-ons. Um, but then there was no, it was like, that was the end of the book. You know, there was no next chapter. And it's like, all of a sudden, they're not here. And it's like, oh, well, we're still writing. Um, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, but the heart is what makes it fun. It no? absolutely no, absolutely. I think that's the that's the stuff that one stuff that matters the most, uh, and I think it's the uh, the most fun to dive into. And you know, I think at the end of the day, when you're in it for the reasons that you are, it's really to develop that aspect of it. You can train people all day, and it doesn't take much to train a basketball player. But when you can train them to develop as people and, and step into those roles, that's fun. Yeah, and it's been cool to watch these guys sort of slowly start to take the reins more and, and build out. Like it's especially like the next group. So like the kids that were redshirting last year, starting to like take some ownership and stuff. Like that's that's when it's fun. Like watching Jason Nelson jump in a drill yesterday and just be like, "No, I got it. We're fixing this. Let's go." And it's like, yeah, okay, we're starting to get it. We're starting yeah. to get it. It's those moments where it's like you don't really you don't think it's happening or like you get frustrated with the slowness of it all. And like, you're, you wish it would happen faster. And then all of a sudden something like that happens. You're like, okay, again, it's, it's, it's working even, even on the days that you don't always see it. Yeah. And then it's just noting it, talking about it later and being like, that's the bar, bro. You know, that's what we're going to like, if we're going to be what we, th we should be, that's what we need to do. And Again, that's that's the part that's fun. Is like when you can see those things, you can talk about those things and find the differences between good and bad performances, good and bad outputs, good and bad outcomes, and, and just be like, listen, it was X versus Y. How can we be more X instead of Y? And it it's it's cool, you know. Like you said, like we can lift all day, we can do whatever to train them, but can you develop them? as leaders and people to get them to become better for everyone that's right. that's the cool part right and I think what you just said there too is like if there's anything I've learned in this past year when you when you do win it all it's like you can't you can't reduce performance though to like x y or z like there's things that you can point to and and be like this is this is definitely a contributing factor but like there is no especially no objective measure that you can go back and be like yes this is why you won or like this is why you were successful and i think here we go um you know, i think there's it's a it's a mix of i like the word alchemy like it, it's a little bit of it's stuff that you can't explain um or kind of put your finger on and it's a combination i think of the people that you have in your program and how they're developing and how you lead them but um you can't you can't we can't reduce ourselves as, as performance professionals too to any one thing that we did that is a contributing factor you really can't um there's so many things that play into it and it's got to be the right mixture and the right combination and the right uh there's so many moving parts um and you you know there there's habits so it's getting them to understand what those habits are but when it comes to you know, I think you, you said the word outputs too. Like, yes, there's certain things we want, but it's it's so complicated. And I think that's when you know you, as a coach, 
like it's how do you how do you get it all to work together yeah there's only one metric that matters at the end of the day and that's your score versus their score yeah it's how do you how do you impact winning what goes into winning oh, that, <laughs> that's a long one that's that's a long talk but that's also something that i think is I think for both of us has come from a lot of reflection and a lot of like looking back at things. Cause it, at one time, both of us were like, yeah, but look at our bench press numbers, look at our squat numbers, you know, look at, look at how much we put on our vertical jumps. Like that's, what's important. Like our metrics got better. So we should be better. And it's like, well, those metrics got better, but we were eight and 22. Like, like it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like it's great, but winning is greater. Yeah. I look, you know, I look at the questions you sent me that we're about to get into. Like that to me is, is the question, like what impacts winning and what really matters when it comes to winning. And that's so the depth of that is so far beyond just what we do in the weight room. Um, but I think that that's the million dollar question that we always have to ask. And that sometimes we, we get lost in our world of the weight room and what we do. Um, and that does impact winning to a degree, but there's so much more that we can, we can do though, to impact winning beyond just those things. Yeah. Well, I think that's the perfect lead in let's get into, you know, we've got the big three that are going to be a little different this year because I'm selfish and I thought these were better questions. So, you know, I think that this will be a little bit more fun than the traditional, whatever. So let's dive right into these mom. So number one, uh, this is one probably that people much younger than us won't understand the beginning part, but let's pretend Doc Brown and Marty McFly show up at your front door with a DeLorean. You get one trip back in time to teach yourself one lesson. What is that lesson and why? I was thinking about, I've been thinking about this for the past few days and I, there's like 10 to 20 different things that I could think of. But then I also go back and forth between, you know, do I really wish I knew those lessons at the time? Because how would that have impacted like this journey that I've been on? Or like, would I be in this position now? And, and I, I don't know, but you no, know, there's like three things. And I think they all tie together at the end of the day. But, you know, I wish when I was starting out, I knew what to spend my time on. I wish I knew what to spend my time on. I wish I knew that didn't have to look a certain way. I didn't have to do my job a certain way to, to have success. Um, and like, I wish I knew what a career in, in performance actually looked like, or could look like, or like what even the options were, or this, you know, I think when you get into it, you know, for me, it was always division one college athletics, like, and I, and I wanted to be a division one strength coach. Like that was my goal because I didn't know anything else. And I was learning from college strength coaches. And I think you get kind of taught of like, this is the path that you take. You start out as an intern, then you're a GA, then you're an assistant. Then maybe you work up to assistant director, director, whatever it might be. And oh yeah, there's football. And then you maybe could be basketball only. But like outside of that, you really don't get, you know, maybe you have some different internships, internship opportunities, but you have no idea how to navigate your career uh, as a professional performance professional what it could look like what the possibilities are you're kind of taught like this is this is right and all the other things are mm, subpar options or you know if you're in high school it's the same thing or if you're in the pros whatever it might be like we're kind of like in this vacuum of 
you know, these are our only options and this is kind of how you progress through the field. So I wish I knew that. I wish I knew what to spend my time on in, in terms of like, when you start out, you spend your time on like learning how to write the best damn program and understanding the the physiology as best as you can. Like you need to know that foundation, but like nobody teaches you how to actually do your job well. And by that, I mean, like what actually matters is people, like how to, how to lead people, how to work in a, in a team, how to work within a department, how to actually change people and their behaviors. Like, so like spending my time on learning those things and spending on my uh, time on myself as a coach, not just a strength coach, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And just in, in the fact, like knowing then that in order to have success, like I didn't have to coach or do my job a certain way. Again, it, it kind of goes back into like, you learn how to do this through the people that came before you. And there was a box that you were kind of expected to fit in and uh, you know, a persona and kind of a, a personality to it and a, a way to go about it. And, you know, I've learned throughout the course of my career, that's not exactly how it has to be. So I think all those things kind of wrap, wrap and tie themselves together but I also think through those things, I've learned a lot of, uh, I think that impacted my growth throughout my career. So I don't know if I'd change it, but I sure wish I would have spent my time on some different things earlier on in my career. I love that. And I think though, the one thing that I would piggyback with that is that love of finding like the holy grail of training. I don't think it ever goes away. You know, I think that we're always still trying to find ways to be better and and to do better for these young people, but it ends out taking slightly smaller piece of the pie. You know, like, I don't think that we would ever stop like doing our extra workouts with ourselves to be like, Oh, what's this like? Oh, like Jay was talking about this. That sounds crazy. Or, Oh, Molly was doing this in her warm up. Maybe we should try some things out, you know, like, I don't think that ever goes away from us like that. Um, that that like childish, like inquisitiveness as to what it's like to do different training things. But then figuring out how we can mold that in and, and get these young people to be part of it, I think, is the part that ends out taking more and more of the pie as we start to become less and less young. Right, right. And I think even, you know, if, if, like you said, a piece of the pie, like if I look at what I do in a pie chart there, like the training aspect, the programming, all of that tech, whatever, that's maybe 5% of, of that pie. And I think you look at, and what you learn over time is that there are a million different ways to do our jobs at a really high level from a training standpoint. Um, and you realize that the performance of your players really doesn't come down to what exercises you are doing or not doing to a degree. Yes. But like what is actually going to move the needle is not going to be how well I utilize a certain technology or how well I program a specific exercise into our training. And I think that's, um, why I spend so little time on those aspects. Now, yes, you're always trying to sharpen your skill set and find ways to do things better. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much. And I can say that having a team that has a ton of success, 
there are a lot of other factors that matter a hell of a lot more than the, than those things. Um, so I think it's I've taken myself I've taken myself less seriously um, as I've gone throughout my career. And I, that doesn't mean that I don't take my job seriously or what I do seriously. It's I've learned to relax and and realize that uh, there's so many more factors just what I do that contribute to to success. And so what I do matters, but in the big scheme of things, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, and I think that that's a perfect lead-in since you were touching on it before into the second question. And, you know, as a as a vocation, you know, strength and conditioning coaches pretend to have all the answers. I think that that kind of goes into, you know, when you talk about in, you know, coloring outside the lines about this, like, you know, the, the persona that we think we have to carry. Uh, but, you know, in my opinion, it, we don't even know the right questions. Like, we don't have the questions we need to know yet. So what's one question you feel we're missing to ask? And why do you think that this is important? And what impact would you see that having on, on our vocation? Yeah, again, I don't think it's that we're missing this question because I do think that we we ask it, but it is, it's what what really matters in the grand scheme of things. What impacts winning? Because that's what we're here to do is we're to help, we're here to help our team, our head coach, our, our players win and, and achieve success at the highest level. Um, and when you do win, you realize how many things go, go into that. And it, you know, we spend a lot of time figuring out what, what metrics matter, what do we need to measure? Um, you know, what are the KPIs, all those things. And and that is a piece of the puzzle because we've got to physically develop our players to, uh, be healthy enough to play because the best teams have their best players available on game day. Uh, and that's, (laughs) that's what it comes down to, um, there's a million different ways you can do that. There's a million different things you can look at and a million different ways to train. Um, it takes the, at the end of the day for our players, the mo- thing that's going to separate them the most is their tactical and, and technical ability on, on the basketball court, how well they understand the game and their, and their talent level. We win, we, we have more talent than any other team in the country. That is a huge piece of it. Um, I would also argue we have the best coaching in the country and it's what you do with that and and their ability to develop them as basketball players and I know that with or without me my team is going to win at the highest level I know I contribute to that success but I also am not so arrogant to believe that if I wasn't here that they wouldn't have won a national championship by now um and so I just think we've got to understand how we fit into the big picture within our staff within our team and how we can impact their development outside of just within the four walls of the weight room. And I think uh, that's the hard part is if you're willing to kind of take that risk and and dive deep into those things outside of the physical development, um, how well we can impact our relationship with our coaches and, and what we do. And, and again, it, it comes down to uh, you got to have a little bit of that, that, uh, the thing that you can't really explain or or define or point objectively to, and it, it's a combination of coaching, development, obviously the physical side of things, it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's all this combination of things that has got to work together in the right way at the highest level um, consistently. And so I think if we can take a step back sometimes and just get outside of ourselves, we've got to do our jobs at, at a really high level, but 
when we realize that there's so much more to it and we can focus our energy on the, on the right things, I think our impact uh, skyrockets. That it factor is it. You can't, you can't, we love, like, we love numbers. We love objective data. We love information. And yeah, there are things you can look at from a basketball side of things that, that, we know we win games because we out rebound everybody. We play defense. We hope we teams can't score on us. Even if we're not scoring, there's things that we can point to that tell us why we won. There's metrics I can look at to tell me that our players are in the right place physically. Um, but, and you can have all the talent, you can have all the right things, but it, there's gotta be like, there's this other factor to it that you just can't explain. And there's a little bit of magic to it. There's a little bit of luck to it. There's a little bit of, um, again, it's that, it's that right combination of the, of the right people in the right place and in, in the right positions um, doing everything at a really high level. And it's really hard to do. That's why it's really hard to win at a consistent level. A trillion percent. But I also think that coming to that conclusion and being able to dig up that question leads us right into number three. And if we're being totally honest, uh, number three mm -hmm. is, came to me because of your chapter and your presentation, right? You know, coloring outside the lines and understanding that we all do make major, at some point, if you're going to be in our field for longer than just like the first assistant job, you come to that aha moment. You come to that, uh, that fork in the road where you've got to make some choices about how you do things. So what is the major change you have made in your career that's improved your life both at and away from work and what brought you to that crossroad? Yeah, well, this, this is an entire conversation in itself. So I'll, I'll try to keep it concise, but really the biggest change that I made that has made the biggest difference and transcends, you know, really every aspect of my life is figuring out that I needed to spend more time developing myself and understanding myself as a person and how do you coach like actually coach which just talking to people influencing people changing people's behavior and that really came down to first understanding myself at a really high level and being authentic to myself true to who I am and doing things in a way that felt right for me and it really came down to kind of always battling that uh cognitive dissonance of like this is not really who I am personality wise this isn't really how I like to coach but this is how I'm being taught to do x y and z and this is kind of the persona and the personality I've been told to embody um and kind of dealing with that for a lot of years but it never really came to a point where I had to make a change until I got here to South Carolina in my in my first year and I really tried to embody that personality and come in and, and set the tone. And I was so focused. And so uh, I put so much pressure on myself to have success here for a lot of different reasons. One being, um, I had so much respect for Katie, who was in this position before me. Uh, and she put her, her neck out and uh, her name and reputation behind me for this role. And so I wanted to do well by her. I also was about to step into a program that is a year removed from winning a national championship. Um, everybody that had ever helped me to that point, I wanted to do right by them. So I had a ton of pressure on myself. I also wanted to come in and show that I had control and I could run this program. So I was so focused on 
objective measures, what we had to do training wise results, all of these things. And it really uh, came back and, and kind of slapped me in the face because I didn't spend enough time getting to know our team, our players, building relationships, understanding our coaching staff, asking enough questions to where we got results in the weight room. We got better. All of these numbers improved, but I had the most strenuous and kind of tension filled year. Uh, our players weren't listening to me. They didn't respect me. Uh, there's a lot of arguments and conflict within us, myself and them. Um, I just didn't feel like myself and I didn't feel like I was making the impact that I wanted to from a, from a relationship and team standpoint. Uh, we made it to the sweet 16, all of our players improved physically a lot of people's standards. I was doing my job well, but it didn't feel right. And that really led me down this, this deep dive of having to self-reflect and look at myself in the mirror and, and where I wasn't in alignment with what I believed and how I wanted to live. Because at the same time, all those things were happening at work. That was also taking a toll in my personal life. I, I just wasn't myself. Uh, my relationship suffered. Um, I, I felt burnout. I felt stress. I felt all of these things where I really just uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, I did not feel good at all. I wasn't healthy. And when I started to really take time to understand myself, um, go to therapy, invest in resources to help me develop as a person, uh, both, you know, I need, I needed a coach to help me be a better coach. So just investing in other resources outside of strength and conditioning to make me a better person, a better coach and understand and work with people better that changed the game for me. Um, and really changed my approach to coaching, changed my approach to how I lived personally. And that really, I think, uh, raised the bar for myself, but also brought everybody up or everybody else up around me from a, from a player standpoint and just from a relationship standpoint. And there's so many different avenues I could go on and, and, dive into from there but it really just came down to understanding again the training really isn't the most important part what matters most is how you pour into those around you and how you get them to believe in what you're doing and then also just uh being a better person to those people and being able to work in a team and in an environment uh, at a higher level and there's a different way that you can train and coach and do things that doesn't look like what maybe you've been told 100 percent there was a really awesome presentation about that and a sensational chapter written about that too, that people can dive deeper down those rabbit holes in. And it's, it, it's something I couldn't agree more with Molly. I think it's, you know? yes, that was, uh, it's hard. I think it's hard to make those changes, you know, on a personal level when I do think we, as a profession, we do such a great job of being committed to learning and developing and always finding ways to get better. But a lot of times that comes in the form of um, better, you know, technical skills or understanding technology better or our training our athletes better and all of those things, which is important. But when it comes to issues that maybe stem from us personally, um, and when we can have the self-awareness and self-reflection enough to kind of stare those things down and, and actually do something about it. I think that's when you really move the needle. And I, I couldn't, you know, for anyone, especially younger coaches, like you've got to figure out who you are and be so firm in that and be comfortable in your own skin. Because when you can do that, you exude that to your players and you can be the leader that, 
you know, actually, actually creates change. But athletes can see right through when you're not true to you, who you are, when you're coaching in a way that's not authentic. And uh, when you're doing it in a way too, that is so focused on the training and the results that you're, you're missing the person in front of you. Um, and that gets really easy to do sometimes. hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that's a great spot where we can leave it at there. Molly's you got to be true to you to be true to the kids. And as always, it's awesome to catch up. So stoked to see you this morning. And, and it's great to, to hear from you and see that you're doing awesome. Rooting hard for you up here, you know, really, really pulling for y'all down there and, uh, Excited to get back together the end of July down there in Atlanta at Play HQ. It's going to be a blast and so grateful and excited to have you as part of it. Now, right, right back at you, man. And I appreciate you and always good to catch up with you, especially first thing in the morning, a little coffee. Yeah. And uh, look, really look forward to getting down to Atlanta this summer and hope hope all of you guys can join. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Molly, as always. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, thank you for all you do and your support for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another one of our amazing presenters. We'll see you then.